now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Today we're going to talk about... Business. Business. Business and the creative artistic lifestyle. Yeah, we haven't... It's interesting. We haven't done a podcast about life issues in a while. Yeah, we haven't, have we? We were doing lots of them. We did stuff about procrastination, about discipline, Mm. about committing. But we haven't... We used to do so many, like, sort of... Uh, for lack of a better word, self-helpy type stuff. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, sounds a little critical, Adam. Yeah. Uh, but That's we kind of got really deep into uh, like development and character and story, mm-hmm. which I think is helpful for people who are trying to do that. <laughs> it's, it's critical. And now we're going to talk about how we can actually show up for ourselves as artists because there's the business side that presses up against us. So can we start with an interesting fact about you? Sure. Josh, you've never done a job you didn't like, huh? I've never done a job I didn't like. And when I didn't like it, or it was like, you know, it was like the 80-20 principle, you know? I uh-huh. had to like it 80% of the time. 20% of the time, I would like, oh. Uh. Uh-huh. And as soon as it started to crest into another direction, uh-huh. yeah, I was via con Dios. And I've never worked, uh, I've never worked nine to five. I've never, let me, let me say it this way. I've never worked in a place that had central air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Or didn't have amazing windows. Like those two things don't happen in my life. So when you tell people this, did, is there a certain type of person that gets a little resentful under the surface? <laughs> Sometimes it's not like even the, under the surface. Yeah, because what I'm thinking happens is they're like, oh, Josh must be independently wealthy. In my mind. In, in my mind, which yeah. is not true, correct? Oh, oh, I oh, mean, it's, it, I'm independently wealthy in, 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 in my artistic creative in vision. Flaxy and, crackers. In flaxy crackers and time. And li- I'm, a, I'm a millionaire in lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. In lifestyle, I'm a millionaire. No, but I, I think it's worth investing in this because you have figured out a way to do work you like. L- like love, yes. Love, R- like let's love. say eighty to ninety percent of the time. Yeah, eighty twenty principle, and, and I'm okay with going through rough patches. It's not like I bail, but on the inside, right? On the inside, I'm really enjoying enjoying it, even though it can be rough mm-hmm. and not fun, and I fire myself and all that. But yeah, um, I've navigated uh, my life to such where I uh, have never put myself in a position where I had to take a job that I really didn't want to do. So my question for you is, why is it so easy for you to walk away from money when you know that the job is going to make you unhappy? Because... that's not easy for everyone. A yeah. lot of people are like, oh, they're going to pay me this money, so I, I have to do it. And that's usually how the frog gets boiled. They do one job, then they do the next job, and right. they wake up four years later, and they've been doing this job, and they haven't been writing, and they haven't been doing their art and you know that's kind of what happens because i've seen that i've seen that and it's not pretty and then they have a kid and they have no more dreams and they just cry well i'm not going to go down i'm not going to go that far down the road but what i'm saying is i've seen people who go well i'll just do this for a little while then 
then I'll come back. And then when I have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, yeah. then I and then they get the hundred thousand. Then it's like, well, okay, two hundred. And then they go, well, you know, my mom and dad, they're not feeling really well right now. And you know, I really want to get them da 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 da. And then it never. It was like what do they call that a moving goal, a moving moving goalpost, a moving goalpost. I think of it as lifestyle expansion too. Although sometimes it's very generous, like a nice thing, like you want to help your family. There's nothing wrong with helping anyone any way you want. If you're doing the self-sacrifice thing, though, where you're doing it to annihilate yourself. Ooh, big word, annihilate. Yeah. But if, you, if you're being self-destructive to your own artistic creative process or vision or who you are, and that's the cost, the anger and the resentment that will fester underneath that <laughs> smile as you give someone something Josh is... is scary right now. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like, what do you suppose? I mean, come on. Well, it's also like, I, I want to say also, like, sometimes it's like, I got used to driving an Audi when I used to drive a Corolla. Yes. And so now it's hard for me to go back to that Corolla. Well, and, and that's where, and that's where I want to say that I've never leveraged myself in terms of buying a BMW, uh, going outside my lifestyle choices of where I spend my money to the point where I'm working for a thing. And that's, you know, that's something to consider you know, in terms of what let's you want. talk it. Let's talk about it from a positive attraction perspective rather than just what I choose not to do. Like how have you managed to choose things that both make you a bit of money and are things you internally love? Because it presses up. Well, it does press up against this thing of what I see other people do and the choices they've made. And I go, Oh, don't want to do that. That is not pretty because he, he, here's here's another uh, sense of it is people talk about how people will use their whole uh, uh, mid-range of their life, you know, their earning earning years life to earn amass all this fortune. They take zero t- care of their health, their spirit, their soul, um, their creative outlet. And then they hit, you know, retirement-ish age. And then they give all their money back to the system because they they've ignored themselves and they didn't live a life so that's part of it and the other part of it is is that is that you know steve jobs with all the money you know that he had all that money could not buy him another day on the planet so why why mess around yeah i mean he's an interesting example because i always feel like among that group he definitely didn't do it for the money yeah, he he had. He could have probably made more money if he'd done other stuff. He could have made more money, or he could. I mean, he had all the money he needed for seven generations for himself and seven generations forward to live. So it wasn't about the money that was driving him. And yet, at the end of it all, his health suffered, and he didn't do whatever choices he could have done. But all that money didn't buy him another day on the planet. Did you always have this framework, like in high school, like when you were, or even when you got out of college, when you oh, first yeah. realized you were going to start working? Oh, were you yeah. always just like, oh yeah, I, I was a waiter for three days. <laughs> You're like, I hate this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out of here. I got bounced. Well, actually, I got fired, but that's, but it was fine. <laughs> but I bounced out of that, and I'm like, dodge that bullet. Thank God. And you, Adam. Well, wait, I'm going to, I'll talk about me, but I just want to ask you a question, which is like, I think people at home would still be asking the question, okay, Josh, we know you're really good at not doing things that that you don't, that you don't like, but how do you manage to make money doing things you do like? Well, part of it is, is keeping my lifestyle at a certain place. Right. So So you're really, you do live very simply. I live very simply. 
I do my best to make sure that, you know, my health is, is taken care of in terms of, you know, making good food choices. Like I'd rather spend, I'd rather spend a hundred dollars at the farmer's market than $300 going out to eat or a hundred dollars going out yeah, to yeah, eat, yeah. whatever the, yeah, yeah, because I'd rather have really good food at home than going out to eat like junk food or not so good food. So you're just like, I live simply and that allows me to always pursue the things that are meaningful for me. Yeah. And to invest in those things. Mm-hmm. And reinvest and reinvest and reinvest. Yes. What do you mean by reinvest? Like Meaning meaning that when, when a chunk of change comes in, then I still I still don't go out and... Oh, you take that money and you yeah. like, you, you, put, I, you squirrel it away for a rainy day or you just forgot a way to like make it produce something for you. Yeah. Or, or something that's, you know, yeah, I get a new outfit. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I need new clothes, or sometimes buy a new linen shirt. I buy a new Does, linen shirt. I don't shirt. know, Josh. You know, listeners, Josh only wears linen shirts. I do my best. I really, yeah. <laughs> and he, he never buttons them. Yeah, I never button them. That's um, why you can never go to the snow because you'd be out there in your <laughs> your open linen shirt over a t-shirt, which is your uniform. Right. You're Ronald McDonald, and you'd be like, "It's 15 degrees outside. I'm freezing. Absolutely. Yeah." But it's a long sleeve linen shirt, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really about making those active day-to-day choices. I really feel like, and people can just like squander their dollars on, you know, Starbucks or. So I'm going to add one more thing to this. Yeah. Which is a little bit, but I think that one thing you do and one thing people have noticed successful at doing work they love is, particularly in the creative realm, is they believe that they deserve to be compensated for it. Oh, yes. Which not everyone does. That's, oh. I just want to say not everyone. Like you, for your performance coaching, uh-huh. which you're very gifted at, mm-hmm. you fully believe that like it's deserving in the world and that people should pay well for it and they get a lot in return. Oh, the ripple effect is insane. Right, yes. but, you, but not everyone has that self-belief. Okay. I mean, would you disagree with that? I feel I, like I encounter a lot of creative people who kind of well like oh their belief is this is a hobby and it's kind of just something i need to do on the side because it can never be and a lot of that it can never be profitable because and that is realistic but people i know who do really well and who at least open the door to transitioning Mm -hmm. to their creative work supporting them they have a core belief that it deserves you know recognition and to be compensated for yes yes in a healthy way there's that balance right to give and to receive Mm -hmm. okay and you, Mr. Adam, what's your experience, My this, experience in this work? Working? Yeah, this work-life thing. I mean, I'm just so far. It's I don't even know where to begin. It's so <laughs> complexly different from you. Okay. Um, I'm trying to put it in a nutshell. Like I have done work I have not enjoyed in my life, for sure. Usually, this starts off with "Forgive me, Father." Forgive me, Father. It's coming confession. Josh's confession, babe. Uh, so, so part did, of what I've struggled mm-hmm. with is, yeah. um, when you can do something and you're recognized for something, mm-hmm. people ask you to do it more Yeah, and it gets, can get comfortable and, um, it can feel successful even if there's a deeper need that's not being met. And I think there are points in my life where, yeah, I just needed to support myself and I viewed, I just viewed the the, th- the thing in front of me as the thing I was going to do to support myself. It wasn't like I wasn't doing creative work all the time. I was, mm-hmm. but I always just viewed it as like 
the thing I had to do on top of my job, which I think is how most people view it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get up earlier and I'm going to write for a couple hours before I go to work or, you know, and, or there are periods where I just had too much going on at work where I, where I didn't have time to write, mm-hmm. you know, writing being my primary creative outlet. But I don't even think of it as this dichotomy between the arts and a job anymore. I view it more as like, what can one do that, you know, are you enjoying how you spend your time? That's well, the basic thing to me. It's irrelevant about the whole issue of compensation is almost like beside the point. And I think, uh, because I think like I know people who make a lot of money but really love what they do and they wake up and they enjoy their work. See, that's, and I know that's people different. who that's don't make much money yeah. who hate their job. Yes. And it's like, yes. it's has nothing to do. It's not about the dollar signs. It's about how do I want to spend my time and how do I want to feel? And it's that perspective. And that's, I mean, I think that is what it's interesting. You, you have that perspective. My perspective historically has been much more uh, you're also talking about self-awareness, having the self-awareness of what makes me tick, and 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 the dollars are actually secondary. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I personally had to go through the pain of doing work I didn't like mm-hmm. to come to this understanding about myself, and it's still something I struggle with. Like I just think you just probably had like a, a past lifetime in which you went through all this, and you happen to come into this world. <laughs> Like, and you'd already solved this problem uh-huh. in your personality. Because I think most people are not like you. I think most people are closer to me where they're like, yeah, like I can't necessarily, if I give this up, what else am I going to do? Um, this is easy-ish and I'm smart enough and good enough to do it. And I still am writing on the side. You know, we've talked about this before. People have different standards of living they want to live at. People have different levels of support from other people. Some people... I'm always amazed. I've met I met someone recently where she supported her ex-husband uh, while he did his PhD. Mm-hmm. She literally, I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. people, have, and, you know, I assume he enjoyed doing that. Um, and who knows? But I, you know, like people have different levels of support. And I know some people who just. What, uh, what, what's her name? <laughs> I know, it's like, exactly. <laughs> Let me, but I mean, if that brings her fulfillment, what, but, what's her name? Yeah, exactly. Does she want to go to engagement ring shopping? <laughs> but yeah, she yeah. She's pretty too. Um, I was um, like, um, wow, this guy really, <laughs> this guy did all right. He should teach a class. Right. A PhD in what? <laughs> Psychology? Duh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everyone needs to be fulfilled. Uh, that's my hope. My my personal hope for everyone that I know is whatever fulfills you as a human being, as your soul's calling, whatever you want to call it. And some people really want to have these accoutrements around the house. They want to have the beautiful things. They want to stay at the five-star hotels. And, and you know, if if they know themselves that well and that's their that's their thing, then then blessings. To go, go, make the money and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I I agree. And this conversation, what I'm trying so hard to get away from Mm. is judgment of materialism and sort of like any judgment around that because it's really not about that. Like I have friends who make lots of money who are super happy. (laughs) They just happen to have found something they do that they like, uh, they like doing and that is well compensated. And I know people in the nonprofit sector who make $40,000 a year who are miserable. So it's not about the money. It just so happens that there are a lot of people in corporate America who seem pretty unhappy. Yeah. That's like a different question. I think it's more about, you know, like what are the compromises you're willing to make and how connected are you to your joy? 
mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think when you ask me, like, I did know in my early 20s, mm-hmm. there were things that appeared to me to do that felt irrational. And so I didn't really pursue them. Okay, there you like, go. Okay, here's a funny example. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, what I'll you give just... a more concrete example. Okay, okay. yes, yeah. So um, when I was graduating college, right around, I, so I, you know, I grew up in, in warm climate. Climates. Mm-hmm. I was born in South Africa. We lived in Texas for a little while. Largely grew up in California. I didn't see snow till I was 13, 12 or 13. That young? I know, Josh, you didn't <laughs> see snow till you were like 30, huh? <laughs> that's right. Okay, so I... My parents are sitting, my, somehow my sister and I convinced them to take us to the mountains when we were like 12 or 13. Uh-huh. And I just remember the first time I saw snow. Like mm. My eyes were just glued to the window. Mm. Like, what was this magical substance? And I used to really like, you know, like getting my coats and my long johns. I used to love like the whole experience. Oh my God, how cute. Yeah, I used to like this. Okay. <laughs> but still, I never really got, I, I got to try skiing um, when I was a kid once. I knew I adored it. I knew I loved being in the mountains. Mm. and But I never really got to do it so much because it wasn't what I was raised with. And it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, it's a like a rich sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, I fell, you know, my early 20s, I fell in love with a wonderful woman who was a really good snowboarder. Mm. And her family was really supportive. And they took me snowboarding. Oh. I was probably 23, 24. And... Um, I just remember being out there on the mountain I was in Tahoe and being like, I could spend all day out here. This is so fun, right? Like, this is magical. I'm mm-hmm. on my snowboard. I'm learning to snowboard. Mm-hmm. It was one of those magical Tahoe winters where it, when it snows in Tahoe, the snow there is really soft and fluffy. It's very magical. Now, she was a little younger than me. She gets around college. Uh, I was, you know, I went to work at NBC News and we were joking around. She was a little younger than me. So when she graduated high school. Yeah, she yeah. said a junior high. <laughs> oh my God, so not funny. Uh, <laughs> Beep. <laughs> <laughs> she was two years younger than me. Okay. Uh, we would sort of joke around, like, let's take a year off. You can go be a reporter at like some, <laughs> some small town newspaper in the Rocky Mountains. I love this. And we'll snowboard all winter. Right? And now... In a vacuum, when you asked me that, I was like, oh, my God, that sounds heavenly. Yeah. Like getting to know a small town and getting to write about these people. Yeah. Like there'd be like Asna and stories about like the guy and a snowmobile and, you know, a snow cat accident on the mountain. Like, sure, I'd be writing about ridiculous things, but Mm -hmm. um, just being in that environment. I didn't do that. I went to work for NBC News Mm. (laughs) nine months prior to the invasion of Iraq. It was a very stressful job. But I think it's that impulse sometimes that like the reason i'm telling this long sorted example is just to say that like i think there's sometimes you're just like when i've made mistakes in my life it's just like the simple joyous thing i haven't always chosen it right yeah there's the fun factor be like that'd be fun you know like to what's it what's that the guy's name steve jobs and what's the other guy's name uh, Bill Gates? Like, no, the, the the guy who who worked with him in the garage and they. Oh, Steve Wozniak. Yeah, the Steve. Oh, Steve. Was, was yeah, yeah, that guy. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be like, hey, let's go make a computer in our yeah. in, in our in our garage. That'd be fun. Yeah. And it, for me, no, but for them, yes. But that's how it. That's how that thing kicks in. So then you could you can put in the endless hours it takes. It'd be like, yeah, that'd be fun to go snowboarding. Yeah, I'll go talk to these yeah. people in, in wherever to write articles so I can go to Aspen. 
I think the measure is like, is there something out there where you lose track of time? You like it so much. Yeah. It's a big, there've been a lot of interesting studies about healing health and recovery and engagement of the brain. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they find out people who do better, they usually have an activity where they lose track of time. They mm-hmm. love it so much. Mm-hmm. For some people it's, you know, smoking meth. <laughs> But I'm just kidding. It's not smoking meth. But, you know, I think it's along those lines. And I'm not saying that, like, it's always bliss. But I think that... Well, bliss is a good thing. You know, bliss is a little underrated. Uh, You know, a lot of people tell me that when they listen to our podcast, (laughs) they're like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I thought that was 10 minutes. No, no, that was a two-hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Yeah. yeah. And I want to say in defense of people who are struggling out there who maybe have been doing something for a long time that they haven't totally loved or they feel really trapped. Um, it takes time to turn the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can do it on a dime. They just have a come to Jesus moment. Um, or Muhammad. Or yeah. Yahweh. Or, or Moshe. Moshe. <laughs> Moses. Uh, but some people, it takes a lot of like, I hear a lot this story like, I came to terms that like I had to leave this job mm-hmm. and two years I left the job, two years later I left the job because mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes people. So I don't think you have to sit in self judgment, but I do think that well, rather than think about like what you won't do, think about allocating time towards the thing that does give you joy. Self-awareness. It goes back not to self judgment, but self-awareness and then being kind with yourself by all the decisions that you made in the past to catch up. Because, yeah. you know, you can't just walk away from your, you know, Lexus lease. Yeah. When people approach me who have really busy lives, who are dealing with these issues, mm-hmm. I I tell them just to start small. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, let's sit down with your schedule. Let's find two hours a week. Nice. And what is the thing you like doing? Okay. Can you commit to doing it two hours a week for the next six weeks? And then let's talk. Mm-hmm. Kind of like plant the seed. Yeah. That's kind of how I view it. Was there other things that we were going to talk about this episode that you we were because we, we, we were talking earlier when Josh got over about, you know, business decisions and the arts. I think there was an issue here about the intersection of creativity and the work, the, the business work we sometimes do. And I think I will say, like, some people, I think, are happy to find a way to do create to bring creativity to their business. Right. You can, you can, you can, you can dig in, you can, you can work in your own back, you know, that's not the right words. You can dig into where you are, where you are already planted, Yeah. you know, and just clean up your garden, which is also helpful. And at the same time, if you're not even in the right garden, then you may need to be transplanted, yeah. you know? So again, it goes back to self-awareness. Is it, are you in the right space? You just need to refocus your energy. But there is a thing about how our, what we do with our business life affects our artistic creative life. And there's a balanced approach in terms of your whole life, but sometimes you really have to make some serious artistic choices. Or, mm. And sometimes you have to say, like, wow, well, I've been doing this thing for a while. I need to now do some business choices that's going to that's going to be at the foreground um, and find what works for you. 
And also keep evaluating, keep checking in with yourself. It's not it's not like you make one decision and, it, and it's set for, you know, for a decade. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It requires checking in. This has been Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser and here with Josh. We just wanted to let all our listeners know a couple things. One, mm-hmm. a huge thank you for 2018. Yeah. You know, we had an amazing event in San Francisco. We had a great anniversary party. Mm-hmm. We had the creative workbook I did at the end of last year that I got a lot of great feedback on January and February. And we had 50 episodes, I think, this year. Yeah, over. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we just want to send a huge thank you for the support we've gotten from everyone. This is our last episode for the rest of the year. Oh, no. Where Josh and I are taking a couple weeks off to recharge. Mm-hmm. And so don't worry. We'll be back. And we'll be back with... A vengeance. A New Year's episode <laughs> called A Vengeance. But Josh and I will do our, our coveted New Year's episode that we do every year. Yeah. And look out for those of you who downloaded last year's creative workbook. It'll be coming out soon. Uh, you can check the website, notesonyournotes.com. But we'll make a big announcement about it starting at the beginning of the year. Because I know that people will be wanting to do inventorying of their creative time and space. Mm-hmm. And what their intentions and goals are for the next year. Mm-hmm. Always a healthy process to go through. And I heard, Adam, that we're going to be uh, teaching more in 2019. That's just what I heard. The buzz on the street is that. Isn't that uh, cool? Um, well, in fairness, all the teaching in 2018 was Joshua. <laughs> but we're going to be doing more in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing some teaching going yeah. forward. And Josh and I are going to be teaching together. So those announcements will be coming as well. Uh, so have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful Hanukkah. Uh, I think we're already celebrating Hanukkah. Hanukkah might be over by now. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Is there anything else? Oh, are there other? oh happy winter solstice. Happy winter solstice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoy it. Recharge. Come back ready to create in 2019. We love you guys. And go like us on Facebook. Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> And uh, follow us on Instagram. That would be a Christmas present to us. Yes, and do it blissfully too. Do it with a lot of powerful intention and joy and, and life-giving energy. The music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and the sound editing is courtesy of me. We will talk to you in 2019.